0: Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.
1: There's an old Zen story of two monks on a pilgrimage between temples. They come to the edge of a river. There's no bridge in sight. A woman is attempting to cross, but she's frightened. The water is deep and wide. She asks the monks for help. In keeping with his vows never to touch a woman, the junior monk keeps his head down and wades across the river. But the senior monk lifts the woman onto his back, forwards safely, and sets her down on the far far bank. The monks continue on their journey, walking in silence for many miles. The junior monk is brooding. At last, the senior monk speaks up. What's wrong, he says. You seem upset. The junior monk responds forcefully As monks, we are not permitted to touch a woman. Ah, says the senior monk. I put down that woman hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? Here is the whole sermon on letting go. Holding on to pain doesn't make anything better. Keeping the past on endless repeat does not change it. The only way it gets better, the only way things change, is when we accept that what happened happened and let go. In 1974, Naropa University was founded in Boulder, Colorado. Paths to Liberation, taught by American spiritual teacher Ram Dass, was that summer's largest class. On the full moon in July, over a 1,000 students gathered for an all-night ritual at the foot of the Rocky Mountains. The night began with a circle of chanting, prayer, and meditation, a huge bonfire. Burned in the center, dedicated to Kali, the Hindu goddess of the destruction of obstacles and the birth of the indestructible spirit. The students were given paper and instructed to write down whatever they needed to let go of to be free. And then they read what they had written to Ramdas, who stood quietly off to the side. Ramdas offered each of them a blessing. And then, in ritual fashion, they burned their paper in the Kali fire. American Buddhist teacher Jack Kornfield writes, all night, one by one, the students revealed their most difficult secrets, then placed their suffering to be transformed in the blaze. We could see the relief, even joy, in their faces as they returned to the circle. There were a hundred forms of shame and fear on those papers, he says. There was widespread pain around sexuality. There was unworthiness and self-judgment. There was guilt and regret for past mistakes. And there was, for everyone, the aching need to let go, forgive, and begin again. The Sufis pray to overcome any bitterness that may have come, because I am not up to the magnitude of the pain that has been entrusted to me. German-born spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle says that we cling to emotional pain when that pain is so familiar, it's comforting. It be- it can become a big part of our identity and a self-fulfilling prophecy, allowing ourselves to be defined by pain in our past or defining ourselves by the painful stories we tell about our past is to block our access to a joyful future. So like many of you, I spent years in a terrible relationship. It was so utterly corrosive of my sense of worth and my joy, I felt that my heart had been irrevocably shattered and ground underfoot. When Annie Lennox sang, It Feels Just Like I'm Walking on Broken Glass, I knew exactly how she felt. And then one day, out for a run, I had a strange sensation that I was living inside a jail cell, except that the key was in plain view. In fact, the key was inside my cell. All I needed to do was put the key into the lock, turn it, open the door, and walk away. It took me another several months to do it, and I thought that doing it might just kill me. And then the time came when I was more agonized by not doing it than by doing it. And it didn't kill me. It set me free. Did I want to accept the things I could not change? I did not. Did I backslide over and over, relapse into trying to take the reins and force a different outcome? I did. But slowly, slowly, slowly but surely, having taken the hardest step, that first step outside the prison of my own making, I began to feel better, much better. But first, there was all that shame, guilt, regret, grief, fear, and that glorious resentment and a stubborn unwillingness to forgive. Above all, I loved my righteous anger. It was so energizing. I had been wronged, and I was right. But this question from A Course in Miracles hung in the air and accompanied me everywhere. Would you rather be happy, or would you rather be right? Now that I was finally free of my prison, was I going to build a new one? Resentment and refusing to forgive are just another way to remain locked in. Locked in the past and unable to move freely into the future. Author Catherine Ponder writes, When we hold resentment toward another, we are bound to that person or condition by an emotional link that is stronger than steel. Forgiveness is the only way to dissolve that link and get free. There's a story of two ex-prisoners of war who meet again after many years. And one asks the other, have you forgiven our jailers? Have you forgiven them? He answers, no, never. Well then, says the first, they still have you in prison. The Buddha said, some do not understand that we must die. Those who do realize this settle their quarrels. Life is too short to live with anger and hatred. What's your life going to look like if you don't let go? What happens when we keep giving our energy to the past instead of the future. I had to learn it the hard way, and there are days when I have to remember that I learned it and have to try, try again. Let go, let go, let go. It doesn't matter that they're not sorry. We aren't doing it for the other person. We're doing it for ourselves. Anger toward whoever hurt us only hurts us, if for no other reason than our own self-respect and well-being, let go. Loving, loving ourselves, means letting go. Loving means letting go. Thai forest monk Achan Cha taught, if you let go a little, you will have a little peace. And if you let go a lot, you will have a lot of peace. And I would add, when you let go over and over and over, it gets a little easier. Buddhist teacher Deborah Chamberlain Taylor leads a year-long training for people of color. A community activist in her course had experienced a childhood of racism, poverty, trauma, abuse. She'd faced the death of a parent, illness, divorce from a painful marriage, and single parenting two children. She spoke of her years of struggle to educate herself and stand up for what she believed. She described how she had become a radical to fight for justice in local and national politics. And then in the very last class, This woman warrior announced, after all the struggles and troubles I have lived through, I have decided to do something really radical. I'm going to be happy. Beloved spiritual companions, holding on to pain doesn't make anything better. Life is too short to live with anger and hatred. The key is on the inside. Let's put it into the lock, turn it, open the door, and walk away. Loving means letting go. Let's burn it all in a great bonfire. Let it go. And begin again. Let's do something really radical. Let's decide to be happy. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at or through our Facebook page.